the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to Signposts. This is your host, Andrew Boylan, with my father, Pastor William Boylan. Um, Welcome back to this next half hour. We're very excited. This morning, we have Alexandra Boylan of Mustard Seed Entertainment uh, with us to talk about faith-based filmmaking, female-driven faith-based filmmaking. Um, She's made Catching Faith, uh, she's made Wish. Wish for Christmas. All of these are available on any you know on any streaming platform and anywhere DVDs are sold. Um, it's been very exciting. We want to get right into this next half hour, but I do want to give everybody a moment to um, do a little house cleaning of, of our own from the signpost side. If you want to visit pastorboylan.com and find out more about signposts and what we're doing here at our ministry, um, please come check out pastorboylan.com. Come find me at the Millbury Barnes and Nobles out by Worcester, Massachusetts on August the 10th at 630. I'll be hosting uh, a writing and publishing panel Um so if you have any, if you are a writer or if you're thought about writing a book, come on out and see us. Or if you have a child or a kid in college or anything, and you've just been interested in how the new um, publishing landscape works, we're going to have a publisher from Haverhill House Books um, who will be there um, to talk about it, John McElveen, and it'll be a very exciting uh, evening of, of conversation. But really, we want to get right back into filmmaking because that uh, is what we're talking about today. And I want to kick it right off with my dad, who has a very interesting question about it and a story. Um, so welcome back. Well, uh, yes, uh, Ale- uh, Alexandra, uh, good to see you again from the West Coast. Uh, it's always great to be with one of your kids. But mm-hmm. uh, you're no kid anymore. In fact, you're the age of the woman that started the Byfield Parish Church. You, uh, you reminded me of that. And uh, since you are into the fact that uh, women need to be more visible, more listened to, that uh, you know your, your movies are really geared to uh, lifting up the the place women ought to have. Uh, I mentioned uh, last week and just mentioned it again that it's not any accident. Nothing is an accident. Anyway, there's no such thing as circumstance. Everything's providential. I don't think it's any accident that you happen to be raised in the uh, first independent church, congregationally speaking, in America that was founded by a woman. I mean, that's a remarkable thing to me. Uh, there's amazing. a sign yeah. in there. There's yeah. a sign of something. And uh, this sign is a signpost. So, <laughs> uh, no, this is a signpost. And when you, and anyone who's familiar with the Bible and uh, if our listeners uh, uh, tuned into a Christian station because uh, you uh, really are uh, wanting to know more and more and more about the scriptures and about the faith. And, uh, of course, Alexander is making faith-based films. So uh, we're right on target there. But, but what I wanted to ask you relates to uh, something that Jesus said. Jesus said, uh, to condemn, really, or to upbraid the leaders of Israel. He said, you know, you you know the signs of the in the sky. You know if it's going to rain tomorrow, it's going to be sunny, because you can tell the signs in that sense. But you don't understand the signs of the time. And he didn't just mean, it wasn't just a, a way of, uh, uh, you know, predicting the future. He meant the time has come to save the world. I am the greatest sign that's ever appeared on earth. 
I am God who has taken a human form in order to save my people from their sin. And the only way I can do it is to take their sin away myself, take it to myself, bear it in my body on a tree. That's the only way of salvation possible because God is just and he's got to, he's got to deal with sin. If he winks at it, he's no better than we are when we wink at it. And, of course, you made a movie about not winking at it. <laughs> so yeah. that, isn't that interesting? Yeah. You, it's true. You know, you made a movie about telling the truth mm-hmm. when nobody's looking. Yep. You didn't wink at sin. Yep. But I, I want to ask an oblique or a sideline question, but I, I think it's uh, it might be interesting to our, our radio audience because I look for signs, and certainly in my pastoral ministry, that God, I'm on track, that God's leading me, that God's using me. That's what I want to do. I don't want to waste my life. He gave it to me. I want to use it for him, and I know you do, too. So I, I've looked for signs, and the reason for calling this program Sign Posts is I'm encouraging people, look for signs. Mm-hmm. Jesus turned water to wine. That was a pretty big sign that he was able to do something with creation that we can't do. Uh, and uh, even John, the apostle who writes about that, says this is the first sign Jesus did. And his, his mm-hmm. apostles, his disciples at the time, believed in him. I want you to tell us what you think about the sign. I think it was a sign that God gave you that his his hand was in the movie-making business with you when you were making your next film, Wish for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, your husband, the director, John uh, Graham, I was a little bit concerned. I was out front. I saw some of that concern. Light was fading. He needed to shoot an important scene. It was the end of your film. He was uh, concerned that it would fade away and he wouldn't even get to shoot it and he, he couldn't do it the next day. So he, he was a little apprehensive, to say the least, right? And then God gave a sign. Can you tell us what that sign was? I will. Well, uh, we had just wrapped for lunch. You have to, by law, every six hours, you have to allow your crew and cast to eat food. And we were running out of sunlight for a very important scene, and we had no choice because of the law to wrap everyone for lunch. And my husband, John, who's the director, was outside the church pulling his hair out, being like, the sun's going to go down by the time we come back from lunch, and we're not going to get the scene. And uh, two of our major actors, Joey Lawrence and Lee Allen Baker, were leaving at 6 a.m. on airplanes back to L.A. the next day. So we were freaking out, and then a bird flew into the church. And John said that he just had a heart attack because he goes, oh, my gosh, not only are we not getting the scene now when we go to shoot the finale scene inside the sanctuary, there's going to be a, chir- a bird chirping all over and running around the scene. So he just started freaking out and he ran into the congregation. My father's church, Bible Prayer Church, is very, very big. And he's looking all around for this bird and he sees that it's up at the balcony. So he runs to the balcony and he's looking and he's like, where did the bird go? And he looks down and the bird is standing like right next to his feet, literally. And he is just like slowly goes down to pick up the bird, thinking the bird's going to fly away. And he did it. And he picks up the bird and he's holding the bird. And he's like, doesn't want to hurt the bird, but he also wants to get the bird out of the church. So he's holding it. being like, don't fly away. And he goes outside of the church and he opens up his hands to release the bird. And the bird did not go anywhere. The bird stayed on his hand. And he was like... And everyone starts coming over to see this bird on his hand. And we all took photographs. We, like, petted the bird. We talked to the bird. The bird didn't go anywhere. Finally, John was like, John, put the bird on a, because he had to go to eat lunch. He put the bird on a tree. But the bird would not leave him. And he did say that he felt like God was saying, trust me, like this bird is trusting you right now. And and John said he had, like, a sense of peace and calm that came over him. And we ended up getting the scene. And the sun didn't go down. There's an interesting passage. Now, it was not an eagle. 
I don't want people to get the wrong idea. No, it was just a blue, it was just a bluebird. Or something. No, I know, but but it does say something about being carried in wings of eagles. Mm-hmm. God has has charge of that world too, and uh, it does seem pretty strange that a bird would sit there and keep looking at your husband uh, while he's carrying well, him out, and then open his hand and let him go, and he doesn't want to go anywhere. Uh, that could be a sign of something. It's 100%. not natural. No, God is. I mean, I will say God has been in every film we've done. He has his miracles beyond miracles have happened on our movie sets where we're just like things that have happened that are absolutely impossible that are only it's only a God thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you can only give the credit to God. People have we've had many people come to set and just and non-believers come to become a crew member and call us months later and say because of the experience I had on, on that film I'm now a believer. And that's mm-hmm. really exciting too that it isn't it obviously making the film and getting that in the world is extremely important and awesome, but also what God does just to the people's lives who are involved in making the film is incredible, too. I mean, when we did Catching Faith, we had so many on-set experiences that were um, incredible for the community that we didn't we didn't even really have money for post-production, and we didn't even know if we would sell the movie. We really never knew if Catching Faith would ever leave the hard drive, but mm-hmm. we kept saying, if the whole point of making this film was what we did in that community, then that's why we made the movie. Mm-hmm. Even if it never saw the light of day, for the people it touched, the lives it changed, the community it brought together, that would have been enough. And then God was like, oh, no, 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 no. I got big more plans, and now a year and a half later we're going to Cuba. I mean, God just keeps keeps uh, showing us that we're doing we're on track and doing the right thing and doing what he wants. Well, I can testify on behalf of Bill Engville, am I pronouncing his name? Uh, yep, that uh, he told me, and I think he's told you that uh, he wants to be in those films. They they touch him. He's the actor. Yeah. But he he uh, he told me we had I, I had the privilege. I really enjoyed meeting him and uh, being his chauffeur. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. <laughs> but we talked a lot, and I know the uh, impact it had on him because you shared it with me. And he wants to be in your movie, so there's something going on there. It certainly is touching him. Well, Bill and I did have a conversation because Bill said to me on the second movie, "Why don't you just make family?" films and not faith-based. Now, he is a faith-based guy, but some people have a connotation with faith-based films that are not that are negative. So he was kind of like, we should just make family films. And I said, Bill, do you want to compete with Disney? Because Disney is doing that. And also, well, not only about competing. I mean, we want to tell the message of Jesus, but I understand what he was saying. People make movies. They want to get the biggest audience, right. um, of course. But I said, do you want to compete with Disney? We can't compete with Disney. Um, but we, we can tell family Disney kind of stories in the Christian world and do it better and do it bigger. And he was like, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm working with you. Until I, he was like, because um, and also just really sad because Disney's not even making family friendly content anymore. It's almost like nobody's really it's like everything's gotten always. They have to push the envelope so much that even films that aren't Christian films are getting pushed so hard that Christian films are the only ones that really are are, are clean, completely clean. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be controversial, but I would say the new Pixar movie yeah. is about a boy who like journeys into the on the day of the dead in yeah. Mexico which is an extremely pagan religion yeah. extremely dark Very history dark. that's true um and they they transform it into a story about a kid going to find his you know his past and the generations and and I'm not going to disparage that I think that's a very important heritage and family and I um very strongly, and it's a very strong part of the Spanish and Mexican culture, and, and, and I spent a lot of time in Santa Fe, and I feel very strongly. But I also think that there is a distinct difference that, like, you know, that you could spend two hours, uh, you know, and spend years and millions and millions of dollars 
you know, to tell the story of the Day of the Dead, or you could talk about Jesus' resurrection. Right. Um, and that, and those are powerful distinctions that, right. you know, for people who can be a part of that, um, it's a, it's a big, is a big opportunity. Mm-hmm. There's a big opportunity to tell stories on a massive scale and to, and to a massive audience. Um, and what story do you want to be a part of telling? And I think that's powerful that of what you've chosen to tell as the stories you've to- chosen this to tell. This is so us. true. We get one life. We get one. I mean, this platform of work, movie making is the one of the hardest businesses, as we know, to get into. So competitive. And I do strongly feel that God called me to do this. Mm. Um, it's not an easy road. It's a, it's a tough journey. And, and I also I get I mean, it takes us years to make a film. And when I make that film, I want that to go out into the world and send the message that I think is the best message that we mm. can send to the world and that um, positive messages and messages of love and supporting people and encouraging people. I mean, our mission is to create visually stimulating films that honor Jesus and start conversations for our viewers. Mm. And that, to me, is so important to happen right now in society um, to, I mean, put Jesus at the center of it, but weave him in in a way that a big thing that I think we've gotten a lot of compliments on is that our films don't talk at people or to talk to people. We're not talking to you. We hope you're not sitting in the thing feeling like it's coming back. We hope that you are. It's so woven into the characters that you're just watching it on screen. And it's not coming like it's a uh, a judgment onto you. Um, we've had a lot of non-believers watch the films going, I love this movie because I didn't feel for a second you were preaching at me or telling me how to right. feel or judging me. I was wrapped up into the characters of what was going on. And those characters happened to believe something yep. that later when I was done watching the movie made me think. Yeah. Well, I think that, I mean, you said it in a nutshell and, and it's, I think that that's one of the things we've, we talked about in the other hour. And I think it was really well articulated in what you just said that you, people come away with a question and the only way that, oh no, I'm sorry, they come away and have a conversation yeah, with their kids. Yeah, we ask kids. them questions. You're yeah. right. We ask and you you're questions. asking a question. You're not telling somebody something. Once you tell somebody something, yeah. you don't leave open the opportunity for a conversation. Right. You don't, you don't, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that there's a great example. If you look at the, throughout the New Testament, I was reading John this morning, um, Jesus returns questions with questions. He's inspiring conversation he's inspiring you to think for yourself to yes. think and 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 come back and that's what and that's the distinction i think between and what we were talking about just a little while ago too between movies and and the way that christian films has, have often thought is how can i get out there and tell a sermon to everybody so they can hear the word instead of saying how can i open it because that's what the film media that's what art is about it's about asking questions and starting a conversation between people about what is that what is the message what is the meaning what are these things you do complicated things in stories that pose questions and hope you bring people to the answer and by getting them engaged, and that gets people engaged, and when people walk away and want to have a conversation, that means they're engaged with the film they just watched. And that's a powerful thing, rather than just taking your two hours and just saying, this is what you should believe, b- bye. Yeah. Like, and, I and, agree. Mm-hmm. Have, and also, yeah, ask questions, leave people inspired, give people hope. A lot mm. of people will catch it, watch Catching Faith and say, I walked away with hope. Mm. And that's such a big thing. We, right now, we live in a, a very um, turmoil 
society with politics and everything. That's a good word. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I think um, I think entertainment is supposed to be an escape. It's supposed to be fun. (laughs) That's why it's really sad. I think that cinema's got so dark because I think right now people do not want dark. They want to go. They want to escape. They want to have fun. They want to walk away with something that touched them and gave them hope. And, you know, I mean, look at Wonder Woman. I mean, oh, and talking about coming from the female gaze, I mean, Wonder Woman was the a female director, mm. Patty Jenkins, top grossing superhero movie, I think, to date. And I got to hear Patty speak about, you know, just her being the director, the woman being the director of Wonder Woman. And I, I just feel like you walk away with that from that movie. With I mean, there's a reason it did really well. It's because yep. you have a lot of hope that, you know, women can be superheroes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, let me uh, make an observation in the light of what you just said, because I found very interesting uh, to listen to you talk about questions and the point. First of all, because I didn't do this strategically, I don't think. I think it was just natural to me. I almost always began a sermon with a question mm-hmm. and, and tried to uh, provoke the congregation to want to answer for that. Mm-hmm. And then I looked to the scriptures to find my answer, and that was the way I preached sermons. But, uh, you know, it's very interesting as I listen to you. Again, I'm trying to match everything you're saying in my mind to how God works. Because what you're trying to, what you're attempting to do is to be God's servant. So you want to do what he does. He's pretty successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a good thing going and he's going to win. He's already won in principle. He's going to win the whole battle. But, but, but it's interesting as I listen to you to think, of, I'm thinking back through scripture. Yeah. And uh, the, the central point of the Bible is the Exodus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus tells the disciples in the English text because of the translation, but when when uh, we're, we're told that when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and he showed his glory to the three disciples, he brought up there with him the light. He's the light. Uh, God mm-hmm. is the light of the world. And he's in the flesh in the person of Jesus. And he lets the light shine through mm-hmm. his skin and it through his clothing. Mm-hmm. And they're scared to death. They don't know what to do with this guy. I mean, you know, you haven't seen a person made out of light <laughs> and you're standing on a mountain with him. Yeah, but uh, what do you do? So anyway. In the course of that, we're told that he has a conversation with these two. I think it's a visionary experience because it says in the text it's a vision. But nevertheless, Moses and Elijah, they're with him. And they're talking about his exodus. That's Mm. the word. Jesus is about to exit the world. Mm. He's not going to die forever. He's going to die for three days to take our sin away. But he's going to rise again, and he's going to go on eternally, Mm. I assume, as a man. He does. He rises not as God, not as a spirit. He rises as a man. So, and by the way, interesting, isn't it? He will be, as far as I can tell from the Bible, the only human being in eternity to come who has some flaw. He'll have marks in his hands mm-hmm. and in his side. Mm-hmm. He rose with them. He showed them to the right. disciples, yep. and will be perfect, and he won't be. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting to think wow. about? Uh, what it costs, I have never thought of that. What it costs Christ to save our lives. Mm-hmm. He'll have to be scarred mm-hmm. for all eternity to come. But anyway, as, that's an assumption I draw from this, but that's not my real point. My <laughs> real point is... He talks to them about his exodus. Mm. That's what really down deep every human being wants to know. Where do I go when I exit this life? Where do mm. I go? Mm-hmm. You know, what's awaiting me? What's the what's that next? Is there next uh, mm. point? And then this exodus was the core of the Old Testament faith mm-hmm. because what they did every year as a Jews, Jewish people, and they still do it, is they have the Passover, mm-hmm. right? They gather together for a meal and they explain how they came out of Egypt and how God saved them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But do you know how they do it? The youngest child 
has the role of asking the questions. Mm -hmm. that, I just thought that's interesting in the light of what you've that been talking about. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That's how it's done. The little child who doesn't know asks the question. So when the story is told, right. they want to hear the answer. He wouldn't have asked the question if he didn't know what the answer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole, and, and that, what you were just saying is the whole story of Wish for Christmas. That's right. Is that's that, what I was thinking, <clears throat> you know, as you said that. Who, yeah. You know, when we believe we carry his light wherever his light wherever we go. We should be a reflection yeah. of the light of Jesus Christ in our hearts. And that's what the whole movie is. And what does it look like if we were to remove God's light from us? We would be pretty dark people. Mm -hmm. But that's what Wish for Christmas is all about. We haven't talked about that, but Catching Faith is great that we've been talking about that because right. it's not Christmas, although there's nothing wrong with a little Christmas in July. Absolutely. No, it's absolutely. <laughs> you can go get that on Amazon and feel the Christmas spirit in July. <laughs> absolutely. And, and you can't, with me sitting here, I just can't resist telling the audience if they don't know, I yeah. know you guys know, that when the first settlers came here and settled down in Boston, you know what they said about themselves? We've been called to be a light to the world. That's and right. City on a hill. Light that's the right. beacon on the city on a hill. Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's what we're that's what we're all supposed to do. Yeah. Light. So uh, Well, this this is this is uh we have a little bit of time. I don't want to cut us off shot, but this is really uh from my point of view been very, very illuminating. I hope it has for a for our audience, and I, I, I want us to uh, really see if we can, we've been talking, by the way, if you've just listened today, this has been on for two weeks now, we've been talking with Alexandra Boylan, she is a film writer and producer, She and her husband's a director, and it's quite an operation, because it's really going back, in some ways, and I don't want to, uh, to overstate this, but as a person now, uh, I'm 77, I'm not uh, young anymore, and I can remember movies back when I was a youngster, and and, it, it, and they weren't making faith-based films. That wasn't the role of MGM and all. But it was kind of interesting the way in which the world was when I was growing up, and what entertainment was when I was little. Because uh, the man who uh, headed up MGM, uh, Louis B. Mayer, uh, would not allow anything out of sorts, and no bad language, no bad action. Mm. That that was key to his movies. He just wouldn't stand for it, and MGM was a pretty highly respected mm. filmmaking operation and had some great movies and people went and were built up. Again, we I don't want We need wanna... more people like that who won't stand for it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We do. We need more people like what you just said, like the MGM guy who won't stand for it will say, no, we're going to do something different. It's not going to be okay. Mm. It'd be great if we had a lot more people in power positions making that statement. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, it certainly would. It certainly would. Yeah. So, that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> I know. Well, that's, that's, that's what we're what trying to do and go. why we were talking yeah. about how we need financing because, you know, another thing that's great about what we do is we take the film from conception to completion. So we write it, we shoot it, we edit it, we and we get to continue to keep the control over the story, which is why I also think our films are very successful is that it's a through thread for the creative process. Mm. We don't have a studio coming into us and saying, change that, change this, I don't like that, I don't like that. Throughout the process, that can really destroy a film and what you start out with can be completely different when you're Done right. editing you it. can bring your vision all the way from well, inception to completion. Exactly. We have the vision when we write the script. We already have a vision for how it's going to be shot. Um, sometimes we will read our scripts and be like, oh, I can't see it. And I'm like, yeah, that's just because we already have it in our heads. So don't worry. Just do you like the story idea? We're going to make it amazing. In fact, we even, our executive producer read Wish for Christmas and he said, I read the script and I didn't understand the star analogy. Like it just was not working on the pages for me. I didn't get it, but mm. I trusted you guys. So I let it, I let it pass through. Then when he saw the finished product, he was like, oh my gosh, the star and 
analogy part of this film is so beautiful and I just didn't get it when I read it and mm. it's so good to have people who trust you like your executive producers and investors right. to trust that you've written something that we can convey to an audience because it's so different you know as a screenwriter yeah. writing something and, and, and then putting that into a visual right. medium is so different it's hard some people can't read a script and understand how it's going to right I mean I think that's the hard thing is because it's such a different medium it's not mm. like a book or anything no, right. it's it's so different and it's you're writing pictures right and you're so not, you you're not have to find like yeah exactly and you have to find somebody like what you guys have with being writing and then working with john kd graham to to film it to, yeah. that your vision is syncopated already Absolutely. um going in and that's you know and that's amazing and and i think but i think what you're saying too goes to the heart of what we've been saying over the last couple of weeks about Christian faith-based film financing, you know, which has been a theme throughout this, is you, when you have the money behind the film, you have the control of the film and where that film's going. And if it's go, and if it's in a studio's hands, the studio can do whatever they want and like, and they, because they have the money and they can change whatever they want. They can fire anybody they want. They can bring anybody else on. And the story has no ability to have that powerful message. But when you're in control of the finances, when Christians step up and be a part of God's economy, they can make these films tell the stories that need to be told for Christians that tell the truthful story of mm-hmm. Jesus and of the Bible and of the, and, um, and those, those moments and those, and those moral values that we would like to see more in these films and, and people st- can step up and, and come to mustard seed and ENT and be a part of that and see the movies they want to make, but they can they can also be empowered to stop people from changing those movies, yeah, which is the, what happens all the time. All the time. The message getting saturated, the message becoming something different than it started with, and it's, it's truly, I mean, I love taking the movie from conception to completion and knowing that, I mean, you can even shoot the movie, and then what goes to an editor can get completely Absolutely. changed, and yeah. we really keep... We, I mean, we are exhausted by the end of a film because uh, John and my sister and I write it, then John and I produce it, and then we make it on set, and then John takes it, and John edits it. So it stays true to the very, very first time we wrote the first script, which is really incredible because a lot of films aren't made that way. It goes through hundreds, thousands, if you watch the credits on the Avenger films, thousands of hands, so you think. And then in behind those hands was a hundred different voices at the studio telling the barking orders, and that really can destroy a story. So we are able to, to, to make sure that the message does not get saturated. It is told in the way that we want it to be yep. told. No, that's it's amazing. And uh, I just so co- want to thank and, you, yeah, thank and, you. Uh, for joining us, Alexander Boylan. But I want to remind everybody to go to Mustard Seed ENT. And you can join our team. And join this team of faith-based filmmakers. Put your money into God's economy and see if, you, if those are the films that you want to see, those are, that would be great. And this is Andrew Boylan at Signposts and Pastor William Boylan of Signposts signing off for another week. And uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode. Thank you. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.